Hi, I'm Macy. I'm Julia. And we are missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you are listening to Return and Report, a podcast dedicated to educate and advocate for missions of all kinds. Let's get into it. So, welcome back. How are you feeling, Sister Yerodia? We are excited. <laughs> yeah. We are also a little nervous. This is a big episode that it we're going to be doing today. It is episode two. I mean, just before this, mm-hmm. we were just uploading our first, and it's now we're carrying on. We yeah. hope that you all liked episode one. We hope that you've mm-hmm. been able to go listen. You can check it out on our Instagram and on our Facebook. There's a link yeah. there. Please go watch it if you have not already. Yeah, still trying to get out to more and more platforms to stream our episodes, but yeah, now technical difficulties. We got what we have. <laughs> we, I mean, we've we got, did we've experience got many dif- uh, technical difficulties. I mean, no, we didn't. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Wait, what did I even <laughs> say? But yeah, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the first episode and got a little bit of a um, idea of like who Sister Euroni and I are and our desire to just serve as missionaries and also just be advocates and um, representatives of Christ and also just help people understand what missions are and why we serve um so yeah I think that was like a pretty good episode I honestly am so sick and tired of hearing myself talk like it, there were so many, <laughs> it does sound yeah, weird doesn't it just trying to like get the episode going and like just listening to it all the way through I was like okay I think I'm done with this episode let's move on to the next but speaking of which this is where this is the the next episode here we are welcome um today today's topic we're gonna be talking more about Sister Euroni's mission experience and journey oh, and how boy. she got all the way up to the service mission. Um, oh boy, oh boy. I just, Was like, it a journey? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, um, do you want to explain what a proselyting mission is? Like just real quick. Oh, before we get into that, this is just going to be like a more like full depth version of Sister Euroni's story. Because uh, I know we did talk a little bit about each of our experiences in the first episode, but I thought it'd be cool to give more of like a spotlight on each of our experiences because that way it might resonate with some people who either have certain mission or are just struggling in their lives or just going through challenges. Um, so hopefully those experiences that we share can be of help to anyone and yeah, we hope that yeah. something that we've learned can apply to you. And so we're very honored to be sharing our stories and what what we've experienced. But we also want to know what you've experienced, too. Please feel free to comment or contact us in some way to let us know your experiences with missions and how they've affected you and what you've learned from your experience either serving a mission or even just putting in your papers or trying to figure out whether you want to serve or not. I think it's interesting to know and to share. And because it's not just a, I don't think a mission is a simple thing. It's a very broad Mm -hmm. decision. And there's so many things that attach to it in your life. And so I I personally would love to know. I think Sister Sheldon Otter Carlin want to know too. Yeah. And just like like any personal experience really that has helped any of you just become and grow into like better people so right because the mission it's helped me oh my goodness so tell me about it oh my gosh (laughs) it has changed my life and it's only been let's see oh my gosh next month is my nine month 
I'm halfway Whoa. next month. Already? I know. You you hear a lot of times um, missionaries who've been out for a little while, they say, oh, you know, I've been serving a mission for 10 months. And it, it feels like it, it's been a blink of an eye. There are missionaries who count, by the way. <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> I, I, I'm not one. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely one I've of them. I've been guilty of it. For sure. Yeah. From time to time. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. I think it's it's kind of fun. It's like you mark down, like, and, you know, for me now, looking back, I like to count because it's amazing to me how fast it's been going. Yeah. And yeah. the progress I've been making is just, I don't know. There are things in my life I feel like if I hadn't served a mission, I would have been learning what I'm learning now, like, years down the line. I, I could be okay. learning things that I'm learning when I'm, you know, 40, 50. Mm-hmm. But because I made this decision, maybe I'm exaggerating just a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> but because I made this decision, I feel like it's just – it's enhanced my life so much. And I, totally. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But it took a lot to get here. Um, it was definitely not an easy transition to say, I guess. But is that – I probably it's probably different for everyone though. True. Keep in mind, like I don't. Uh, I want to bring this up, but like you didn't always grow up in the church too, so you didn't have that yeah. experience and right. kind of like growing up and learning and being aware of what missions are, or even having that pressure yeah. too. Because I think especially for elders, there's a lot of pressure to serve a mission because mm-hmm. it's what the prophet has asked. Mm-hmm. Um boys in the church to do is to serve a mission and so I think especially you know boy or girl if you were raised as a member of the church in the covenant that it's something that's talked about since mm-hmm. you're little or maybe you see your <laughs> cousin children's or, songs about it <laughs> right oh my gosh called to serve this right yeah. <laughs> yeah, or I hope they serve. call me on a mission you know and that's primaries. so true yeah I don't know if you listened to that woman but I think I might have heard it um but I can't remember, but in, in any case, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. Definitely, my experience is different from someone else's who might have been raised in the church and they would have been raised singing those songs or watching their relatives yeah. serve missions or having their parents talk to them about a mission. And um, I'm sure it's probably, I would love to actually talk more about in your episode, Sister Shield, about what that was like, because I know you were raised in the church mm-hmm. and how that affected your decision to serve. Um, That'd be cool. It would be cool. I'd be dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right Yay. with that. Yeah. Uh, but to give some more context for anyone who's listening who may not know what kind of missions we're talking about, we are um, just explaining proselyting missions. And so I think a lot of people would be familiar with like those kinds of missionaries. They're the kind of missionaries you see on the streets and like who probably approach you and ask you if like, you know, who if you know Jesus Christ or if you go to church or um Right, they're dressed very nice. Yeah. Uh, there's always there are always two of them. Always in like dress clothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of what you were saying. But always two of them in a companionship or sometimes three, depending. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I was in a trio actually, but that's enough about oh, me. I'll, I'll that? explain that in the next episode. Stay tuned for yeah. more. <laughs> so the these missionaries are young adults in the church who I can't remember what the age range is from, but it's if for young men to begin, it's, it's 18. eighteen, and for young women, um, it's nineteen. 19. And I think you can go to like, like in your like so, approaching mid twenties. Yeah, young yeah. men can go. I think it's twenty five for young men, but young women, I think, don't have a cap. They can go whenever they want. 
even if they're really yeah i knew a girl who served her mission in mexico and she had a companion that was 28 and she was i think 19 or 20 oh cool right i didn't even know that i that's i only learned from her experience and Mm -hmm. how she described having a companion that was almost 10 years older than her and how much she knew and mm-hmm. how that added to her experience as a missionary and how cool that was for her. But that's that's really all I know about it. But Totally. So that's what proselyting missions are. Yeah, it's when um, you're called to go and talk about Jesus Christ to everyone that yeah. you everyone you meet. It's help. basically go meet people. Yeah, like just help them with whatever they may be going through just by introducing them to the Lord's gospel. And it's more just like, I mean, it's in the word itself, proselyting, like just teaching like doctrine and principles that are practiced and taught in our church. And um, I think it's a really great experience, very like valuable in gaining those life lessons. I know as for me, like I definitely learned a lot through my own experience. And um, I know you've mentioned that like you have as well, but that's what a proselyting mission is. And that's where we both started out as, but Kind of give us the, I'm going to look at the question. Yeah, so, like, how did you decide, or, like, how did you come to terms? I don't know if that's a negative way to say that, but, like, how did you decide to serve a mission? And what we're kind of explaining is, like, anticipating to serve a proselyting mission. Yes. Yeah. Um, Oh, boy. So the decision to serve a mission started, I think, after I was recently baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was 20 when I converted, and I was in college, and I had met the proselyting missionaries myself. Yeah. And that's how I learned about the church, and I learned about the Savior, and I felt all these beautiful things, and it it just it changed my whole life. And, you know, I was I was baptized, and I, you know, couldn't forget these these elders, these young kids— who were so spiritual and they were yeah. so, they, they saved my life. They, they really did. And I wanted to be like them. And I remember having this, you know, very early on being a member of the church, having this desire to be like them and to help people like they helped me. And I almost kind of had this like, you know, I should, I should pay it forward. And a lot of people I'd met you know, a lot of my friends in the church at that time would, you know, they'd tell me too, like, they'd be, oh, you know, Julia, you're, you're such a, you'd be such a great missionary. Like you have to go. And that's true. Valid statement. That's, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's, I didn't really know, you know, mm-hmm. back then I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, like, mm-hmm. sure. I don't really know what you mean, but I mean, it sounds like it'd be a great thing to do. It sounds like you're giving so much of yourself to this great cause and to help people like I've been helped. It, it sounded great. Yeah. Um, and so, very quickly after I was baptized, I kind of made the decision like, okay, I'm interested in serving a mission, but it's a rule in our church. And I think it's just for the sake of knowledge and experience that you have to wait at least a year to go on a mission. Oh, after you're baptized? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 And so... I guess that kind of makes sense. It does, doesn't it? Because you have to learn a little bit and... Oh, well, my mic, but oh, good. <laughs> standing in your position or like just kind of like standing in your shoes and seeing from your perspective, that probably could have been very frustrating. You're just like, I have this desire right now and I want to do this right now. It was. Oh, you're so right. It yeah. was so frustrating, especially since um, at that point, I, very quick after I joined the church as well, I started dating someone who also wanted to serve a mission. 
And so we had this plan like, okay, like we're going to, you know, we're going to serve our mission at the same time. And then wow. we're going to, I know how. It was that serious. It, it was very serious, <laughs> but it was also kind of, I look back and I kind of like slap myself upside the head. Like, what were you thinking? Like how, yeah. you know, why did I think this was going to work out perfectly exactly the way I thought, which sometimes it does, you know, sometimes. not to say that when you pray, when you want something that it w- it won't happen the way you think it will. But in that instance, there were too many variables for it to work out, you know, exactly how I thought it would. But that comes with knowledge and experience that, I, which I didn't know at the time, that sometimes yeah. the plan that you have is different than what the Lord has planned for you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're smiling because you know it. You're like, I learned that on my mission. <laughs> it just, it's it's kind of hard, a hard truth, but also kind of funny when you look back and think, yeah. how cute. I was so cute. I thought this was going to work out. Um, <laughs> it just did but not you know, you're out. in that moment, just like an absolute like, tears and I'm not talking, just like crying. Like it's just all of the ugly, like it, all the ugly truth. But then you really? look back, you're like, oh my goodness. I was just so young and naive. <laughs> like, I know mean, I was so cute. I, you know, it really is. It's kind of, that's kind of how I look back at myself at that point. Like I was so young and cute. I thought that, you know, we were going to serve our missions and we were going to come back and we were going to get married and have a Whoa. family. And we were very serious. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I don't think I've ever told you this. My <laughs> eyes are like really big right now. Yeah. But yeah. But I, don't, I, I won't get this. <laughs> you're so cute. But, but that's, that's, that's not what happened. Um, <laughs> Garland's falling out of his seat. Oh, it's no. Okay. The news is little entertainment. Um, but it did. It, luckily, it, it didn't work out that way. Um, I, let's see. It was past a year, and this guy that I was dating, we were still trying to figure out our plan, and he actually ended up. Um, Wait, same leaving. guy? The same guy. Yeah, we dated. Oh, okay. We dated for a while. Um, wow. it, it was over a year wow. at that point. We've been dating. <laughs> wow. Wow. It was a long time. It was definitely. It was the yeah. It was a long relationship, but we split um, eventually. And I kind of had a decision to make on my own. I'd kind of been mm-hmm. making plans and preparing for the future with this person in my life, and then all of a sudden, this person wasn't there anymore. And so I thought, okay. I have to make this decision on my own. Way to take initiative. Thank you. Love Thank you so much. It was a great learning experience for me. I had to take initiative in that situation. Love so that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I, again, I had to take more initiative after that as well. I had to say, okay, am I going to serve a mission mm-hmm. or no? And the next year, a whole year, I was going back and forth, back and forth with the Lord of whether to serve a mission or not. Mm-hmm. And I remember... The Lord was so clear from the beginning. He really wanted me to serve a mission. Just like I'd felt a year before when I just joined the church, I felt this call to serve as Mm -hmm. the song goes. And, you know, but but after this experience that I had, I changed my mind. For me, I didn't want to go anymore. I had dated someone. I'd planned a future with someone in my life. And I I wanted that. I wanted to I wanted to date and get married. That was my plan. But that's not what God wanted. <laughs> and, and I spent the next year fighting with the Lord, really, um, because I, I, I would ask and say, you know, oh, do you really want me to serve a mission? And he'd be like, yes. And I'd be like, well, are you sure? And I'd be like, well, I, I can't really tell if he wants me to or not. So I'm just, I'm just not oh going my gosh. to. Yeah. yeah. And I just, it got to the point where I just, I flat out did not want to serve. But in my heart, I 
I had, I was, I'm a recent convert. I, I had had all of these experiences in my life that were so spiritual and they were so fulfilling and I couldn't deny what I knew. I couldn't deny that the gospel was real and that Jesus Christ was real and that yeah. God, Heavenly Father is real and they loved me. I could not deny that. And so I had this dichotomy in my personality that was, I love God and I want to be everything he wants me to, de- to be and I want to be for him. I want to mm-hmm. just be what he wants for me. But on the other hand, I'm also an imperfect natural being that wants what I want. And yeah, living that situation where what I want is different than God wants, it tore me apart. It got really bad. I, I remember really? I felt like Jonah. I had a Jonah moment. Wait, can I interrupt you real quick? Yes. Because yes. like you're explaining this and I'm like thinking of the story where Christ is talking to the young, like rich, like uh, the, the wealthy man, the wealthy man. And he's like, just leave everything you have and like mm-hmm. come follow me and serve with me and let me teach you about all like the good things that I've come here to do and be a part of that so like I think of that ex- like story when you're explaining this <laughs> yeah. to me but and it just like him I couldn't do it <laughs> but you definitely did though like you ended I mean, up doing I guess it I'm here like, now. You, you put aside your yeah, you're your right. own life and expectations you had for yourself because you accepted the Lord's invitation, and I think that's really, really cool. But go into your Jonah thank experience. You. Sure. Okay. That. Thank you for that's. You're really. You're, she's, she's right. She's. You're really right. But it it took that experience, like the wealthy man, and it took an experience like Jonah to get to where I am today. And that's not to say for anyone listening that that's what you have to do to make a decision that's mm-hmm. difficult or you have to make have this experience to you know this is why I'm going to serve a mission I had a really hard thing and quite honestly I hope that none of you have this experience quite as drastic as I went through <laughs> because yeah. it shows like exactly what happened to Jonah Jonah actually I just learned is kind of a satire piece in the Old Testament because the the dramatic the dramatics in it are just <laughs> Yeah. They're so outlandish. Yeah. Um, I definitely encourage you to read it and um, just just see how satirical and dramatic it is. But I had this Jonah moment when I had – it was I'd almost been a year. I was fed up with this splitting decision that I had to make, and so I ran away. And I ran away to work a job in the – in the middle of the woods, pretty much. I worked at a national park. That's right. Yes. And that was a great time. It was it was a beautiful place to go. And it was a place that I was going specifically to kind of be alone. I went there because I felt like really broken inside. And I just felt like I was a disappointment. I felt unworthy. Oh. I felt awful. And you so went I went into the to, wilderness. I did go <laughs> into the wilderness. And I was there. Uh, and I, I, I was hiding from God because I didn't want to serve a mission. But I came to terms, finally came to terms in that experience alone in the wilderness. I, I this is going to sound really dumb, but I met an angel in the form of a golden retriever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she, she saved my life. She, I was having a really hard day one day and she just, she came over and she sat with me like she knew that I was upset. And I remember thinking that God sent you to me to save my life. And you're, you're mm-hmm. a little angel. And I, it, it, it helped me get on my knees and have a prayer that just, 
you know, it was the first time I, you know, I'd prayed so many times at this point of God, you know, should I serve a mission? Is this what you want me to do? I'd Mm -hmm. prayed countless times, but this was the first time I'd knelt down to pray where I was actually ready to hear what God had to say. Humility at its finest. Exactly. (laughs) It was after a year. It took a year for that to happen. Question. Yes. If I'm getting timeline right, it Mm -hmm. was two years since your baptism or a whole year since your baptism? It was about, it was two years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm following. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're listening. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, yes, after two years, I finally have this prayer that's full of humility. And I hear so clearly, I I say, God, do you really want me to serve a mission? And I just remember hearing in my head, yes. Wow. Sorry, I'm like, like, is, is you feel it right? It is. Wow, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I feel it too. Um, and that was it for me. I finally started to put in my paperwork, and um, I submitted them really quick. I I remember at first I tried to submit them really quick because I was like, okay, I don't want to change my mind. I don't want to go back on this. Mm. I know that this is something that God wants me to do, so I have to do it quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but even still, even after I had made that decision, it took another six months Whoa. for my papers to finally get submitted. Yeah, it was a long time. And uh, the question became after I'd finally said, okay, God, I'm going to do what you want. I'm going to serve a mission. The question became in my head. I had these feelings of uncertainty about serving a proselyting mission because deep inside somewhere, I, I think I, I knew or I felt that it was going to be really difficult for me to serve a proselyting mission mm-hmm. because I just personally, I'm an extremely sensitive person. I'm very empathetic and I'm very sensitive to, I don't want to say it like this, but I, I'm sensitive to, I'm, I'm spiritual. Like I can, I, I'm aware of my yeah. worthiness and I'm aware of the Lord. And that has just I, I've always carried that with me, and it mm-hmm. makes me very sensitive. And so, because of that, I've I wondered how that was going to play into being constantly rejected every day, to being <laughs> like worked to yeah. the bone, like to be uh, you're tired all the time, and you're feeling unworthy anyway because the adversary really pounds it oh, into totally. you. Oh my gosh! Those prostate missionaries, I, I don't bless know. their hearts. Yep. They are warriors. I don't know totally. how they do. I, I couldn't do it. You were once one of them. I was. Yeah. I was one of them. Um, but in the end, I I was right um, because I went out cross-sledding. I went to the Utah Salt Lake City West Mission. Mm-hmm. I was called April 25th of 2022 to go to Utah. April 5th of 2022? April 25th of 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Wow. Yeah. But I... And now, you know, looking back, I, I was like, why did I get called to Utah? I was like, did I do something wrong? Like, why am I getting called here of all places? I'm literally getting <laughs> so upset right now. I just slapped my hand on my chair. Like, I love stateside missions. I don't know why. I have always have. And I maybe do, at first I when I was younger, I was like, oh, like, that's so lame. But, like, now I'm like, no, that's so cool. Because then you get, like, benefits of Amazon Prime. But, like, that's not the whole reasoning. But <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> at least for yes. me in my experience, I was like, yo, I don't have to, like, wait, like, five months for something to come in the mail. But that's really, like, just a whole different tangent. <laughs> but I think, problems. I think processing missions in, 
or like in stateside um or stateside missions for proselyting missionaries i think that is so amazing it's truly like just as good as a calling and i know i highlighted that earlier in the first episode but whenever people tell me they're disappointed in their calling or they're like reaction when they first open their mission call is like montana and everyone's just like oh, oh cool it's an avocado am I the, <laughs> exactly <laughs> am i the only one who's stoked for them like in my head i'm like that is where the lord needs them to be like the, the lord just sees them thriving in that place or the lord sees that this place is where they need for need them to be in order to continue to grow their faith but also there's probably people there specifically that they need to encounter and only them alone but like I don't know. I feel like everyone, especially in the church, like culture, people still have like these stigmas about stateside missions. And we're, there's a lot of progress that's been made with that ID. What? Idea. ID. Yeah. ID. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of them. Um, Cause now like the huge hurdle we're trying to overcome is these service missions. And I feel. Yeah. Like, it's difficult because it's so new. It is. Thing is, they've been around for a long time. Really? For a while, only, like four years. only for like. I mean, I, I tell myself I have to do my research, and I'm slapping myself in the head because of it. But, I think service missions, depending on like different parts of the world and the circumstances of like, the church in those areas, um, they've been around for a while. But you I know, could I be wrong. Right. I think you're right, actually. I need to like definitely set aside some time to do research. Yeah. If anyone knows, please let us know because we are still learning. Yeah. And we would love to like know. We've been around around for a while, but that's besides the point. I'm just saying, like, I think it's so cool that you got called to Utah. Like, one of my closest friends right now is serving in Utah. I have another close friend serving in Alabama, and I'm like. That is so sick. And think about it. They can go visit their missions and it's not going to be like a whole trek and a half. True. That's true. So, Looking at the positive. You yeah. are so right, Sister Sheld. There's so many Thank more you. reasons why I stay. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many more reasons too why stay at side mission is good, which I didn't know. I didn't know um, at first. But I realized for me, it was the perfect place for me to go because I met my trainer and I needed to meet her because she taught me a lot about myself. And I had so much support, especially in Utah, because there's so many members there. And when I was really struggling, there were people there who were just so kind and they were full of the spirit and they were able to give like this parting advice and these mm-hmm. sweet words of encouragement. And But then on the flip side as well, I met a lot of people who were like me before I was baptized, who kind of lived a life that I lived previously and so I could relate to them yeah and so I felt like for that reason it was good for me and also because it was so close to home I ended up coming home yeah um and you know it wasn't a five hundred dollar no sorry a thousand dollar plane ticket or whatever to come halfway across the world again yeah so the Lord kind of knew yeah but it was um hard at first but now I'm so glad to have got to serve there I met so many good people there and I think there is a stigma to stateside missions, but I hope in time that um, it won't be that way Mm -hmm. and that we can listen to people's experiences who have have served stateside and 
hear just how it's influenced their life and how they love it and how yeah. it's the same experience no matter where you, well, maybe not the same experience no matter where you go, but it's the same work no matter it where you go. It serves the same purpose. That's really where it falls down to. Um, I kind of want to just like reemphasize like my love for stateside missions because it wasn't until my brother, my older brother got called to a stateside mission. He served Denver North, Spanish speaking. Yes, stateside missions offer like language language speaking I, there's a missions. there's a, a mandarin speaking mission in florida i believe yeah can you believe there, that there's so many even like american sign language and i think that's so cool and i have a ton of my companions and friends out in maryland doing that right now and they're thriving but um it wasn't until my brother's mission that helped me like gain that appreciation for stateside mission because i missions because i've seen or i got to witness his like progression in his faith and testimony and like um got to see him grow in so many different ways and it was like such a cool thing to kind of like sit on the sidelines and experience and like was such a good and he was such a good example to me and helping me become a missionary like, like today you are today right so yeah. like oh that's off to him that's so, so cute like, that's, i can't wait to hear about that that's very, like that's why i love stateside mission so much and that's a little like tap into like my brain but despite the challenges you're facing um it sounds like your experience in utah was definitely worth it um <laughs> it was definitely worth it and like you gained a lot of knowledge and it sounds like even though you had to go through those obstacles you're still very grateful for it you know yeah or it could be wrong, but no, I'm you're a hundred percent correct. Okay, I'm so cool. grateful. Cool. That's that's really neat that you can look back on your experience because it's not for every single um, return missionary or transfer missionary to look back and kind of reflect and have those positive feelings about it. It is hard, you know. Mm -hmm. There are days too where I feel absolutely right. Yep. You know, it's not positive. I know you're like, yep. <laughs> Um, but that's, you know, it, there's both. The scriptures say there's opposition in all things. And it's, depending on the day, I can focus on the good things I learned. And mm -hmm. on another day, I can focus on the things that I didn't like. But I think what's important now is I love my mission now. Mm -hmm. It is exactly where I needed to be or I need to be. And I feel like it was part of the Lord's plan for me to be here all along and to serve how I'm serving now. I serve in so many different ways now that I wouldn't have got to do if I was yeah. serving a proselyting mission. I think I serve at like five different charities now and I'm working on a sixth one mm -hmm. to work at. That's awesome. It's so much fun. I'm busy. I'm so busy. I feel fulfilled. You really put yourself to work. I like to. Yeah, yeah. I try. Yeah. Um, because it just, it feels good. It, the, the scripture also says when you're in the service of your fellow man, you're only in the service of your God, mm -hmm. how service brings you joy. And it does. Yeah. It's true. I can testify. It's true. I feel mm -hmm. so fulfilled. I never want my mission to end. Now I understand what people say when, when we, you talk to missionaries and they're like, well, how do you feel about your mission? And they're like, I love my mission. I never want to go home. <laughs> and I've always listened to them. You know, thinking that I was going to serve a proselyting mission, I was listening to these proselyting missions say, I never want to go home. I'm thinking, what? Like, are you crazy? I Get yeah. me out now. Like, how can you say that? But now I'm here serving a mission the way I was meant to serve a mission, and I get it. Mm -hmm. It's true. 
And that's why I think the Lord has inspired his prophets and his leaders to create this other mission or this other type of mission to serve because we are able to have this experience now. Totally. Um, and I can love my mission now. And it's just like the scripture says in 3 Nephi verse 7 that says, when the Lord has asked you to do something, which in my case was to serve a mission, when he asks you to serve a mission, um, he will create a way for the work to be done. He's like consecrating those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In the way that he sees fit and like most like beneficial to you mm -hmm. um, and your relationship with him and helping that maintain itself, but also grow at the same time. Yeah. And then also like help the other people you're surrounded by yeah. when serving. So that's very cool. And Thanks. how like, I know you kind of touched on it, but what was kind of like the experience kind of accepting okay maybe going home is going to be the best option for me and my calling that's a really good question um because i feel like that's a choice that not every missionary has but missionaries do have is do i go home or do i stay mm -hmm. and that was the question that always the both of us had to make yeah. for ourselves and you know, I, it's different for me because I didn't have this sort of, I don't want to say pressure, but I didn't have this expectation growing up that, you know, I told my parents at 12 that I was going to serve a mission and people mm. are, you know, people are, I had so much family support. I didn't really have any family support going out. So me wow. coming home, it's different, you know, totally. and it, it made the decision easier to come home, I think, because I wasn't really disappointing anyone. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I was, if anyone I was disappointing, it was myself at first because I felt like I was, <laughs> I was letting the Lord down. I felt so bad. Feeling is always the worst. It is. It is the yeah. worst. Um, but I, I, you know, and in that decision-making process, I had to recall an experience I had with the Lord when I was out in Utah and I was really struggling. I was really suffering. Just, I was not doing well. And I hadn't prayed for a while because I had, kind of had this feeling of like, you know, God, you called me here and now I'm, I feel like I want to die. And like, where are you? Why did you call me here if I'm going to feel this way? Because I can't do it. Whoa. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really hard. Um, but, and so I just, I was like, you know what? Well, I just like, don't want to talk to you then because you put me here and I'm mad at you. Whoa. I was mad. I was so mad, but I, that's, you know, I would be a liar if I said that I wasn't upset because totally. that's, I was so mad <laughs> and I was so mad at him. I don't think, sorry, I don't mean to like no, no. Cut, cut you off, but like I am just sounding so shocked because like your love for God and your love for Jesus Christ, it's like, whoa, like I would have never expected that, like to hear that <laughs> from you. But not to say like that's bad because we definitely do find ourselves in these moments where we want to blame God for those things and we want to just point the finger and then Yeah. At the end of the day, oh, like yeah. he's still loving us, he's still forgiving us, and like of course, like we'll have to ask for that, like forgiveness, but his love like never fails. Um, right. But even then, like I feel like even though I had that experience with God where I was really mad at him, yeah. he I felt like he understood. Like he, yeah. he didn't he doesn't hold it against me. He doesn't say, Oh, you want this blessing? Well, remember that one time you got mad at me? Sorry. Yeah. No. God doesn't bicker. <laughs> no. But, but no, because he just puts his foot down. He, he's but way also, better than that. He's, he's, he's bigger than that. Do, be doing than bickering and right? just kind of like nagging back and forth. Yeah. No, so. he he knew I was in pain. He knew how much pain I was feeling because he, Jesus Christ had felt that for me already. He's so aware. He knew. And so 
I, you know, I don't look back on that experience and think like, gosh, I was such a, you know, I'm a horrible person because I was in a lot of pain and I feel like my reaction could have been, I can always be better, but I don't think God blames me for my imperfection, which I think is important. Because, I like how, sorry, yeah. I'm keep yeah, on go, interrupting go, go. you because I have all these thoughts, but I love how you just allow yourself to feel feelings and yeah, well, it's important. It is so you important. You can't avoid it. I, that's a, that's a lesson that I've been learning a lot this past year, like is allowing myself to feel my emotions and kind of like accept the circumstances that I'm in and learn how to move along. And so I think like you just having, or just being so natural at it already is just like, you know what? I'm mad right now. I'm going to feel this way and just kind of like feel my emotions and process. So then that way you can like learn how to like get through it. I mean, yeah. And it helps too, to feel like when you are going through something and you need to get through it, it's easier to have God with you, even if you're mad at him Mm -hmm. and just to know that he's that friend that you can say, gosh, it sounds awful, but you can say the most horrible thing to, and they're still going to love you no matter what. (laughs) It's so, it's it's a security blanket. It's comforting for me to know, not that like, I'm just going to like yell at God for no reason or be mad at him for no reason, but to know that like, he's that person in my life that he'll always be there. Even when I'm having a hard day. It's kind of like that story in Hosea where yeah he's just so forgiving so forgiving over and over and over again and no matter what we do like however bad we may treat and um talking about god but like just kind of referencing the story of hosea uh, right no matter how we may like treat god and sometimes it can be very inappropriate we're very much so yeah i I sin every day (laughs) oh my goodness totally me too. Um, Not saying I mean, you do that, but oh, I'm no, like, I no. feel like everyone. Yeah, does. it's hard. <laughs> yeah. that, there's there's a reason why Christ was the only perfect person to ever live because it's hard not. Yeah, it's hard to be that way, and that's why we love him for what he did. Truly, um, like his love and God's love are like so unconditional. Like we don't even realize yeah. it. But, and I think um, a lot, the reason why I can say that that's real and that it's not just like a feeling that I have or it's like oh I believe this. It's because I lived it. I lived this experience where I was Mm -hmm. so angry at God and he was still there for me because I remember for the first time in weeks, I finally knelt and had a real personal prayer with God when I was out in Utah. And I said, God, I, I basically just said, I can't do this. I'm in pain. Help me. And that was it. And not a week later, I was seeing a therapist at this point and I had talked to my therapist and he made the comment is like, I think you might consider going home. Whoa. Right. And I remember talking to my mission president after that about it. And my mission president did not want me to go home. And, but, but my therapist, he really, he was there for me. He had my back. He was my advocate. You could say kind of like the savior is for us, but he helped to encourage me to do what was best for me. And I feel like all of it stemmed from that moment where I, no matter how angry I'd been at God and how much, you know, I might've been mistreating him. Um, I knelt to pray and he heard my prayer and he is so unconditionally loving that even when I wasn't treating him the best that I could have been treating him, he still helped me and he rescued me and he brought me home where I could be safe and I could serve and like really grow in my testimony with him. Instead of just learning about suffering, I could now come here and learn about sacrifice because they're different. Yes. Oh and my gosh, I love that you said that. Thank you. Um, for those of you who aren't really familiar with 
church culture, I guess, but leaving a mission earlier than what was anticipated is a very, for some reason, it's a very big deal. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like other churches may be like, it may not be the same thing, but yet I don't know because my, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know like of a few people and like friends and <laughs> sorry, Elder, are we good? Okay, cool. <laughs> sorry, just had to check in. The... Elder Carlin, is Elder this Carlin. the okay? All right, cool. Cool. Um, but I know a lot of like people that I've encountered in life, like throughout school and church, who've like gone home early. And sometimes like the reactions they receive isn't always the best. And like it just hurts my heart. I'm like, this person is so good. And despite them leaving early, like it was probably very necessary for them. And we need to all realize we're each we're each on our own paths. We're really on our own paths and we need to stop comparing and we need to stop setting expectations of for others when they're going through a completely individual journey. Right. If that makes sense. Little In regards little. like to like things like missions or sometimes it could be something else completely unrelated to church and religion and mission right. service. Yeah. It's such a lifetime journey. It's such a lifetime thing of like, it's like, it's hard to understand something, I think, until you've experienced it yourself. Oh, yeah. And so I honestly wonder, like, for some, it might be difficult to understand because they served a mission for two years and they came home and they did everything they were supposed to do. And they see someone else who's like, well, they didn't do it. I had to do it. They didn't do it. Like, I, maybe it just doesn't make sense. It makes you wonder. Like, it's just. There's probably some feelings of bitterness. Maybe. Because missions are hard. They definitely are. They're hard. (laughs) I mean, if there was like a returned missionary who served their full 18 months or two years, and then they see someone who just served like six months or however long they served, I definitely think like they would have very natural feelings of like that. like Maybe. What, they couldn't hang? I don't know. Maybe. I guess it's different. It's probably it's different. Like, well, why everyone. did they get to do that? But I had to do the full. I'm like, you don't have to do nothing. You didn't even have to serve. But like, you chose to, and you chose to stick out the full time, um, or you, or even the people that did the go home. Like, you chose to go on the mission, and you chose to stick out for however long you served, and you did that. That's awesome. So all of it's awesome. I think it's just it's an amazing experience yeah. all around. I probably come off a little harsh, but I just am very passionate. You about are passionate. I think it's like, awesome. Just trying to be accepting of others and understanding like that their journey is their journey and we should not interject like our personal thoughts and opinions on that. Right. It's not like it's something that's like you know a lot about. It's something that's touched you. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to talk about that. Yeah. And yeah. We totally could. Yeah, we should. I ooh, I'm just looking at the list of questions. Thank oh you, yeah. Maybe. Let's explain the service mission. I know we talked a lot on a fossil hiding mission that's okay but that's kind of could where you briefly explain like your experience as a service missionary and what that entails sure i'd love to give a little summary of what a service mission is yeah basically it is um well maybe i'll just recite our purpose our purpose is to serve others like the savior would we serve in church functions we serve in local communities and charities and we minister in his name to the one, just as he did, expressing his loving kindness. Well done. Thank you. I wasn't perfect, but. It's all good. It's something. Yeah. But it's basically where you're a missionary. You're set apart, just as you would be if you were a proselyting mission. 
you wear a name tag when you go to your assignments and you instead of teaching people the gospel you with lessons you teach them in the way that you act in the way that you serve Mm -hmm. and so i express the savior's love when i go to a charity and i sort out produce with the people on my station and we work for hours hours on end we work together and we are creating baskets for people who are hungry who are homeless Mm -hmm. and they need food and we'll package it up for them we'll give it to them and you know I, i don't necessarily get to teach the people we're giving the food to but i am expressing the savior's love by what i'm doing and even the people i work with too they're not necessarily the people i'm targeted to serve but we work together and i'll get to talk to them about what i believe in my religion and have those spiritual discussions anyway which is it's really cool how opportunities to share the savior's love can come out more and in more ways than just teaching yeah Yeah. I think of the saying like actions speak louder than words and not to discredit teaching missionaries. There's definitely a way you have to go about teaching as well. And it's the it's by the way you act. And I think both missions incorporate that action. And I think that's really neat. And I love how you're just loving your experience. What would you say is your favorite assignment? And it can change. But, like, at the moment, what is your favorite assignment? Probably my favorite assignment is I'm working with um, a program called BYU Pathway, which is through um, the Brigham Young University um, education. Education. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And it works with students of all ages who come from all over the world who may have been raised in an environment or a culture that didn't have maybe the education that you receive. Yeah. It is for students. Knowledge. Awesome. And eventually. Design college. How amazing. It is an amazing program. Oh, my gosh. I get to. I'm so lucky because I get to work with people who come from South Africa. And they are just the most amazing people ever. They have taught me so much. Like I'm there, you know, to serve them, right? But but they're the ones that serve me, I feel like, because they teach me so much about thinking about what I say before I say it and being and being slow and metho- what is it, methodical? Methodical. Okay. In the way yeah. I, I speak and the way I do things. And and oh, it's just they're just amazing people. And we've got to stuck together for the past 14 weeks and they're they're amazing. And I love getting to work with them and to meet them and to get to know them. And they have a lot of them have kids. And so they're. How awesome. That builds like such a cool environment to really connect with these people. And I love how you're able to just serve at home. I don't know if we mentioned that in service missions, you just serve in your yeah local communities and you're living at home. But now with modern technology, we can reach people like throughout the world. And and it's amazing how we can incorporate that into our mission it's I love how you're that's like one of your assignments um I definitely would like love to meet these people one day and just kind of like come yeah come into a gathering sometime it would be really cool yeah you you can honestly do it yourself they're looking for people okay so in a matter matter of fact you don't have to be um, a proselyting mission or a service
you can yeah. um, mm-hmm. message us or message me if you're interested in being a service missionary for BYU Pathway and working with people all around the world because they need people. So please um, comment and let us know. But we just want to thank you so much for the time mm-hmm. you've given to listen to us today. And yeah. we are, we, there's so much we want to talk about. There's so much to say about missions and about our experiences and what we've learned about God and about the Savior through all of this. And we're grateful for you for listening. And we love you yeah. and are excited to hear your thoughts. Please let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Totally. Ask us any questions or whatever you feel impressed to ask us, I guess. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you so much, Sister Yoni, for sharing your mission experience and being so vulnerable and um, transparent, authentic. I mean, it's really cool to hear your story. (laughs) Um, Just kidding. I wanted to ask you this question earlier, but since we're kind of short on time, if you could give yourself any advice to, you know, Oh my poor sister, your own. Oh, just Julia. Oh, wow. Just Julia. If you could give yourself any word of advice, but have to put it in one word, what would that one word of advice be? Trust. Awesome. I love it. Love that word. Love that theme. Thank you again. Thank, Thank you, you to anyone who's listening to this episode and for all the support we've received just in within the past week. It's been so amazing. Thank and you so much. I hope that like the words that we share are just being able to help those yeah, just with whatever they may be going through. And you don't necessarily have to serve a mission to relate to what we say, true, say and share. True, that's true. Um, but this was so amazing. I know you have to get going, but I've truly loved just taking the time to get to know more about your story a little bit personally. So that was awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Again, I appreciate just your honesty and everything. It's like, it's so amazing. And just to hear your testimony as well. But you're awesome, Sister Schultz. Girl, speak for yourself. <laughs> All right, y'all. We will see you in the next episode. Yeah, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.